Hey, everybody, Dave Hagen here. Hey, if somebody walked up to you and gave you a $100,000 gift, how would you spend it? That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast. You are listening to episode 436, and we're coming to you today from Van Nuys, California, Woodland Hills, California, and San Diego, California. Interesting topic today. How would you spend a $100,000 gift? A problem that we should all have to solve at some point in our life. But first, let's check who's here. Let's look around. Hey, there's Nick Appel. How you doing, Nick? Hey, there's Dave Hagen. <laughs> the Nickster, Nicarama, Nicodemus. Good to have <laughs> you with us, man. Thanks, Dave. All right, so here's the question today. Here's the fun question. All of you listeners out there, quick. Someone walks up and gives you a $100,000 gift. How are you going to spend it? Dave, Brian might say buy scratchers. No, not by scratchers. Last thing we want to do. Oh, my goodness. You guys, you're killing me. You're killing me. Let's do this. Nick, how would you spend a $100,000 gift? Quick. Honest, honestly, Dave, I put it in the S&P and put it in stocks. I put it in stocks. Nicely played. And the S&P, are you talking about an ETF uh, S&P fund? Dave, we're not giving financial advice. Oh, we're not giving financial advice ever, ever, ever ever we're asking the nickster the trickster the nicoramus what would you do i, I would say I, I would say put an etf just you know uh, just put it in something it gradually increases and you know what you put it and you forget about it yeah no i like that i like that you know what i would do nick it's funny we, we <laughs> you know they say people and their pets start to look alike maybe i'm i'm starting to look look a lot or think a lot like you. I think that I would put it in an ETF, maybe based upon the S&P, or maybe if I wanted to get a little more enjoyment out of it, I might buy some funds that are slightly more aggressive than an S&P ETF. I thought that I would have been more on the conservative side than you, and your initial impression to be a little more uh, conservative than me. But I mean, I could spend it on stuff. I mean, you know, the new Model S's are out in 100 right there, right there. Be right there. I'd be driving around one of those plaid uh, Teslas. But no, that would be a bad idea in my estimation. I wouldn't want to spend it on stuff. You know what I'd do? I'd either buy a stock that's slightly more aggressive or I'd just put it like you in, in an uh, ETF based upon the, the S&P 500. And if it grew 10% a year, and it would over a, a period of time, because remember over the last, what, 30, 40 years, that, uh, uh, you know, that, that fund has grown or that exchange, not exchange, but the listing, the S&P 
10, 11, 12% a year. But that means that on $100,000, I would get $10,000 a year or about 800 a month forever, forever. Some years more than others. Some years, maybe none. Some years, maybe two or three times as much. But I would get about $800 forever on that $100,000. And I can dig that. How about you? But Dave, have you seen the recent Tesla price per share of stock? Yeah, I could buy some Tesla stock. Oh, my God. It's like $1,200. No, I know. I know. You know about uh, what? six, seven, eight months ago, something like that. It was up to 900, then it went down to 600, you know, and I thought, well, maybe it's had its run, although I still firmly, firmly believe in the, uh, you know, the EV market, the emergence of EV cars and, you know, Tesla being on the forefront of that, but for it to run to 11 or 1200, crazy, crazy thing. We put trust in Elon, put trust in Elon. (laughs) Elon, my man, he's the, he's the new Apple, you know? But uh, the re- one of the reasons that it ran up was, uh, was it Hertz Rent-A-Car announced that they were going to buy 100,000 yep. cars from Tesla and 100,000 cars represent about uh, 20% of Tesla's output. It also represents about, actually, it represents uh, 10% of Tesla's output if they're doing a million cars. It represents 20% of Hertz's fleet. And the thought was that people would go to Hertz because they wanted to try out or test an electric car. And they were going to pay full price. They weren't getting the usual discounts. And it was a way to have Hertz sit on top of the rent-a-car pile. And off goes the stock. I mean, who would have seen that coming? Who would have ever seen that coming? In fact, it got so bad that Elon had to, uh, you know, I guess, what does he do? Tweet or something last, um, last week where he says, you know, I got to tell you, we, we haven't signed that contract yet. And, um, you know, don't, don't buy the stock just for that. Our economics remain the same. We are going to produce this many cars and we are widening our profit margin on our cars. We are a fundamentally sound company. Don't run up the stock just because of the Hertz announcement. And then Hertz comes back and goes, well, what do you mean? I thought we had an offer and we had an order and then they're going back and forth, but it really ran up the price. And it seems to me, that um, all happened on the heels of one of the well-known uh, stock analysts saying after they announced earnings, wow, it looks like Tesla has really um, reached you know, escape velocity. It's, it's really on its own. I don't want to talk the stock up too much because there's still downsides on it. But um, yeah, as you can tell, Nick, I'm digging it. So one thing, Dave, it, it, it's like, you know, I, only one of us owns a Tesla. It's not me. So the thing is, is that if I had the opportunity, though, like for a birthday present, you know, hey, Nick, you want to rent a Tesla for 200 bucks a day, 300 bucks a day? I don't know how much it costs, but I think it would be a heck of a birthday present. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> I like that. You're working that in on the air. We we didn't talk about that pre-production. Very, very smooth. Very, very lawyer-like. I like well, that. Only one of us had a birthday in the last week. (laughs) Don't rub it in, kid. Don't rub it in. Oh, man. So I'm doing some research leading up to this uh, recording today. 
And I'm looking at different stories, different ways that people would potentially spend $100,000. And I came across um, um, an article in Kiplinger, which is a personal finance website, and they came up with seven smart things to do uh, if someone were to give you $100,000. Number one, open an IRA and basically get a bonus. Because if you open up an IRA, potentially some of the taxes that have been withhold, you'll get that back um, later. Okay, I get that. Number two, retire early. Well, I got to tell you, Nick, this must be an old article because $100,000 isn't going to help you much in retirement, right? I mean, if it's 800 oh, no. a month, if you're getting 10%, but you have to factor in taxes and blah, 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 blah. I, I don't know that it's enough to get you there. Three, help the kids buy a home. I'd say let the kids buy their own damn home. What do you think? I'm still stuck on number one. I, I'm like, Dave, like, even if you're given a million dollars, is a million enough to retire? Well, I remember years ago when, when this whole concept of here's what you need to retire came out and they said, oh, you need a million dollars. And everyone goes, oh, my God, um, I don't need a full million dollars to retire. I, I think people need multiples of a million dollars. Yeah, but no, but, but honestly, like, let's say you win the lottery tomorrow. I mean, we, we, we've spoken about this recently but if you received a million dollars tomorrow i especially in southern california i don't think that's enough no no i i really don't i think it's going to take a multiple of of a million dollars but um to all our listeners don't let that get you down because if you start on this soon enough that money's going to be compounding every seven to ten years and you contemplate how many seven to 10 year loops you have left in your life. And that money is going to double and then double on that double and then double on that double on that double. And really, if you start with it soon enough, early enough, that money can double and you can easily have multiples of a million dollars. So don't, don't let that goal um, prevent you from, you know, starting something. But also that's only for Southern California. <laughs> well, true. That's why, that's why Texas, Florida, so many other places across the country are, are, are filling up um, in addition to a lot of other reasons like taxes, but it's a lot easier to, um, to live there. I, I had some family. Um, they were here born and, and raised here in Southern California and, and they just, they picked it up and they moved to Texas just because that's where they were able to buy a house. They weren't going to be able to buy a house here. So or Arizona too. Same thing with Arizona, um, Nevada, Nevada, you know, outskirts of Vegas, Summerlin, Henderson, very affordable. Dave, Dave, do not let Brian near the scratchers. <laughs> he'll be out, he'll buy them all and they'll all be all the, all the gas stations and stuff will have none available. Huh? Oh, I man. mean, it's Vegas. <laughs> you got to love it. You got to love it. Let's see. Where were we? I'm number four by a camper van. No, nah, I'm not a fan of that. And yes, you could justify it if you say, oh, we're going to travel and that's going to be our summer vacation for so many years, blah, blah, blah. But camper van's a depreciating asset like a car. Not a big fan. Number five, buy an off the grid cabin. Well, I guess maybe if you're going to use it a lot, but most people kind of get tired out of those things after six, seven, eight years. If you think it's going to go up in value, yeah, maybe you might enjoy it for a while, have a nice little run and then and then sell it. Number six, charter a yacht. Uh, no, 
charter a yacht, you're just buying a very expensive over-the-top experience. And number seven, da, 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 run for public office. Not, I don't know where they came up with all of these ideas. A couple of them are actually a pretty good idea, but maybe some of these were tongue-in-cheek to have people read the article. I don't know. I don't know. Who else? Some other some other people that might have some suggestions. How about our good friend Ryan Steiger? If you want to look back to episodes 320 and 321, uh, maybe even 322, we interviewed Ryan, and he's the author of a book, The Dividend Hunter, available on Amazon. And he said that what you should do is buy a bond that pays income tax-free like a muni bond, or at least a bond if it's not tax-free, a bond, something that's going to pay you income. Basically, go out with that $100,000 and buy income. That's interesting. Um, I'm not sure that I like the whole tax-free end of it at this point because the interest rates are so low. But, um, you know, think about that. You could go out and use that $100,000 to buy income for the rest of your life, kind of like what I was thinking about, what you were thinking about, Nick. Hey, Let's go out and uh, you know buy some of that S and P five hundred and watch it grow or live live on the the uh, increase in value. Um, it's funny how these things work out. Just this morning, I was looking at a video, and it was our good friend Shaquille O'Neal, and he was relating this story. He said when he was young, his manager called him, and he said, "Hey, a check just came in for a million bucks," and he immediately thought, "Oh wow, what am I going to do with a million bucks now?" NBA players have bigger problems, right? It's a million bucks. Nick, you and I are talking about a hundred thousand, but this is Shaq. Shaq goes big. And he said, geez, I, I, you know, I thought about what I could do with it. And I thought about that black Mercedes and the wheels and the rims and the da, 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 da. So I went out and got one. And then when I brought it back home, my, my dad wanted one. So I went out and got one for him. And then my mom wanted one. And then my agent wanted one, something like that. And he goes, geez. And one day I bought all these, these Mercedes and brought them home. And my manager says, hey, you just spent the whole million dollars. And he added it up in his mind. He said, no, I didn't spend a million. Those cars didn't add up to anywhere near a million. And the manager says, but yeah, but after your, your taxes that you should withhold and your food and your da-da-da-da-da, you spent a million dollars in one day, Mr. O'Neill. Now, those are pretty good business manager because most sports managers are not that firm with their clients. But Shaq thought about that and he says, geez, I need to get smart about some of this. So he started asking questions. He started thinking about investing. He started thinking about the bigger picture, not just basketball. And you know, now it's, now it's interesting. Now he owns part of a pizza chain and he appears in their ads. And apparently he's now richer than, than ever, you know? Um, Magic, kind of the same thing. Magic Johnson, remember back in the day, he bought a Coke distributorship and he's doing pretty well. Made a lot of money on that. Kobe. Well Go ahead. Well, well, Dave, Dave, before we move on, I think, you know, Shaq's one, Shaq's a philanthropist. I, I don't know if you know this or not, but he has a deal with Walmart to where he has provided an exponential amount of shoes with his name on for a very valued price for people who cannot have a brand name of shoes. And you know, not only that, but Shaq also has a deal with Papa John's to where if you buy a Papa John's pizza, 
with the Shaq name, it gives a dollar to some charity. I, I wholly respect that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think he also understands that, you know, charity, in addition to being very valuable in and of itself, is 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 good promotion. You know, hundred yeah. percent. And I, it, it's interesting that you mentioned the shoes because I heard him talking about that um, a couple days ago. Um, he was uh, being interviewed or he was on the air and they were talking about shoes and he said, well, how much do these shoes cost? And they were talking about, you know, it's a hundred bucks, it's 150 bucks. And he thought to himself, geez, man, there's a lot of kids out on the playground that don't have that kind of dough. And, and they still deserve to wear good looking shoes. They don't want to be wearing dopey shows, shoes and the kids looking down on them. Exactly. So he, he goes to Walmart and he develops these shoes that he, I forget, he's, he brought some designer from Reebok or a big company across and they designed these really good looking shoes, but the price point was $25, $29 so that kids could go out and have shack on their shoes for a lesser price and still feel cool and empowered. Dave, um, big thinking Dave, on his part. I'm on walmart.com and guess how much his shoes are. How much are they? Guess. 30 bucks. 1998. Wow. It, you got a pair? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer that. You can uh, you can take the fifth. I know. But they work. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, you know, we would go to Tom McGann and a lot of people out there don't even know what Tom McGann is anymore. But, um, you know, all we could afford were uh, Joe Lapchick, who I guess was a basketball player back in the day. And they were like the, the, the cheapest you could get. And the thing that I remember about them is whenever I would wear them, we'd go out and play basketball. They would, they would put a blister on my big toe the size of a nickel. But, hey, that's what we had. This was back before, you know, big fancy shoes were, were there. Well, so, well, Dave, well, Dave you, you played with a rock as a basketball back in the day, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Let's move on. Um, all right. Kobe, <laughs> by the way, Kobe bought a part of body armor and coca-cola just bought out body armor and his wife is going to get 400 million dollars on that investment it's just stunning those athletes that are forward thinking and ask the right questions and and are willing to follow their managers uh lead a lot of them do really well but that's that's what Shaq's first experience was. I want to get back to that. That's Shaq's first experience. He had a million dollars come in and he spent a million dollars that day. Another good example. I've got a very, very good family friend. And, and um, um, this, was, this happened some time ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago. He's married. He and his spouse have good jobs, a couple kids in school, house with a mortgage. And he called me uh, one time at 2 a.m. And I pick up the phone and go, hello. This is when we had corded phones. And he says, hey, hey, how you doing? I'm in Vegas. We just want, I want $160,000. And I thought, wow, that's good for you. Good luck. And we'll talk about it when you get back. Because I was, you know, coming out of a dead sleep. And my wife says, oh, what did he want? What's up with him? And I said, well, he's either very lucky or very drunk in Vegas tonight. And he's not really a drinker, so he wasn't drunk. It does turn out that he was extremely lucky that night. I don't know about you, Nick. I never won that kind of money. I feel pretty good when I win $25 on the slot. Yeah, same. I, yeah. I'm not going to talk about Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so in preparation for the show, I circled back to him. 
um, a little while back. And I said, um, you know, what did you do with that money? Because we're going to do a show talking about what you would do if you, if you got a $100,000 gift. And, you know, he got a gift, if you will. Um, I mean, many would argue that uh, it was actually he won it at, at poker, I think. So there was there was some skill involved, but it was pretty much a um, let's call it a, a windfall, um, you know, a windfall. And I asked him what he did with it because I was interested in his experience in spending a windfall. And he said that he spoke with a financial advisor or a CPA. He doesn't remember who, but um, they advised him to do two things. First, pay down taxes. And this is a huge issue because some types of windfalls are taxable. And remember that your biggest expense um, every single month is your government. And secondly, the person advised them to pay down their, their mortgage. So he said, geez, I remember I, I had to almost send half to the governments, the state and federal, and then, and then we, we paid down the mortgage. And I asked him, I said, well, that's pretty conservative advice. Good advice, but conservative advice. Do you have any, um, any regrets now that you look back on it 10, 15 years later? And he said, no, except for I might have spent just a little more on myself, just a little piece of it on myself. Now, at that period of time, he was you know, younger in his life curve, and he was committed to his financial philosophy, basically a version of financial wellness that he was pursuing. And he went big. He put it all in to reduce the mortgage. Um, and he said, of course, I do it differently now that the kids are gone and, and I'm looking at retirement. So um, he would have done it a little bit differently, but not too much. I was interested to see what his thoughts are. I mean, paying down your mortgage, that's not sexy, you know? That's not fun. I mean, unless you're so crazily committed to your goals, which you should be to some extent. But he said, I wish I had spent a little bit more on myself. Very, very illuminating. And this is a guy that has always, um, you know, not live big, but, but live well. He's always had nice cars. He's, of course, he's got a very, very nice car now. And apparently it's come back to pay, pay huge dividends. So now that he's looking at working a little bit less, doing some other things, I think that they're doing very well. So very illuminating on someone who lived through this, um, this exact kind of experience. And, and thank you to my good friend and his, his wife for allowing me to um, share this story. So what kind, of, what kind of takeaways from this story? since this is a real life story. One, always see the tax man first. Two, um, what you do depends upon your life situation. You might do something different now than you would do in 10, 15 years. Um, three, it should fit into your overall life plan. And four, find a way to, to maybe enjoy or remember the, the big, big event. If you really dig owning your home with no debt, do that. Um, or owning your home with substantially less mortgage, do that. If not, go out and do something. Take a small little piece. Balance, you know, have some balance between living for today and tomorrow. Now, to our listeners, you've heard some stories. You've heard me. You've heard Nick. You've heard Shaq O'Neill and a good family friend. What did you think of a few minutes ago when I said, hey, how would you spend $100,000? Well, what you thought of can actually be very revealing about you. It can show you how in touch are you with your goals? Did what you think of fit in line with your goals? It can show you or give you some insight as to whether you're a saver or a spender. 
it can show you whether you're into short-term pain for long-term gain or vice versa. It can tell you a lot about you. So that gives you, our listeners, something to... Oh, and before we wrap this up or before we start to put some, uh, some recommendations together, something that um, I forgot to ask you about. Nick, uh, student loan debt. Would you Dave, use your $100,000 to pay off the student loan? Dave, debt? Dave, Dave, I told you I'm buying scratchers. <laughs> that's, your, that's your financial strategy. You, <laughs> no, you and Brian. I, I, it, it, <laughs> it, it, in all honesty, um, you know, I haven't thought about payments because Biden, President Biden, has, you know, put it off until January. Yeah. So how about we table this until January? All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back. We'll circle back in January. I'm going to ask you the, the same question. And then um, one other point that I was thinking about is, um, you know, I talked to everybody about, hey, go see the tax man. Well, is stuff like this taxable? And, and the, the answer is go talk to your accountant because I don't want to give you any tax advice. But perhaps in a general kind of way, people could understand that if somebody gives you a gift, I mean, just walks up and goes, hey, you want 100000 And you think about it for a minute and go, mm, okay. That's usually not a taxable event. Now, it might be taxable on their end because it's a gift, depending upon what they've done with their estate planning and the gifts that they've given, et cetera, et cetera. But if someone gives you a gift where you're not doing any work, where you're not, it's, there's no consideration for services rendered or for something transferred to them, uh, usually that's going to be tax-free on the recipient's part. But the same is not true with gambling. Gambling is seen as putting forth some effort and gambling can be taxable. In fact, you know, when they talk about these uh, lottery winnings, you know, hey, I just won a hundred million dollar lottery. Great. Except for that's payable over 20 years. So you need to devalue that to the current value of that money, which is significantly less and you can take a lump sum, but again, it's really quite a bit less. And then you got to pay taxes on top of that figure, almost half. These big lottering pots, lottery winning pots are not nearly as big as you know the, the advertisement um, leads you on to believe. So really, if you only end up with what, um, 100 million, it's almost not worth, you know, buying the lottery ticket. I mean, Dave, Dave, million, I just got that's not much. I just got breaking news from Bloomberg. Yeah. So it's reputable. It says Elon Musk suggested he'd sell 10% of his Tesla stock to pay more taxes. Speaking of taxes. Oh, oh Elon should stay out of politics. Um, <laughs> I, happen, I happen to like a lot of his politics, but he should stay out of politics. Anyway. He's a, he's a you know, he's the Tom Edison. He's the next. Steve Jobs, he's the next, uh, you know, Carnegie or, or Rockefeller or something like that. Um, but when these guys start delving into politics, um, more often than not, it, it it creates, you know. Well, well, issues. maybe one day we'll go to Mars. Yeah, I ain't getting in no rocket. That's all I'm saying. I'm not ready for that. Did you see who was it that they offered to? Uh, um, oh, oh, Bezos offered to sell Tom Hanks. Um, a seat on one of the rocket flights. No, because Tom but... Hanks is way up into space exploration. You know, he's done all these space movies and stuff. He's way up into it. And he said, no, I don't want to 
than that kind of money. <laughs> so Dave. I guess they, they gave the spot to uh, Captain Kirk. Captain, Captain Kirk. Kirk. Yeah, yeah. Classic, classic. All right. So let's circle back. Let's let's wrap this up. Here's what I would recommend. Um, six points. One, check with your tax person and know what the net is going to be. Inheritance and gifting may be very different than gambling, but know what it is and set the money aside. Point number one. Two, see where you're at with the five steps that we put together to financial success and the three additional things to consider. Remember what those are, Nick? One, get rid of the cards. Two, know your cash flow. Three, eliminate debt. And we spent three episodes in the early days talking about three ways to eliminate debt. So this gets back to this issue. Should you pay debt with your winnings? I mean, I've actually advised somebody on that issue. And the answer is, yeah, yeah, it sucks. But pay your debts with the winnings. You need to clear the deck first before you can move forward in a positive way. Uh, it sucks, but it's the smart move. Uh, number four, Put together an emergency fund of three to six months. Number five, put 15% into savings. And then the last three, uh, consider housing, education, and charity. So take a look at your five steps plus the three additional things to consider and see where you fall on that progression. And that will help you make some decisions as to what to do with this money. Um, number three, talk with the spouse, talk with your advisors, get their opinion, get some opinions from people that you respect. But don't just tell other people's outside of your very close group. Don't tell the family at the holidays that you've got this. Because you know what? They'll all want a loan. They'll all come to you. They'll all have an idea of what, what you should buy that everyone can use. And believe me, the best families still have these kinds of issues. Even the best group of friends at work and other places, you're going to have these issues. Everyone's going to need some money. Everyone's going to come to you and say, hey, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you bought a boat and we could all go out in the boat and go fishing or something like that? You don't need those kinds of issues. Um, number five, do something to remember, remember the great day, to remember the great event. Spend some um, or love where it all goes if you're totally into that. But do a little something that's special, maybe something for, your, for yourself. And number six, don't let it get whittled away. I see so many people, they put money in there and it's a little this, little of that, and they turn around three, four years, it's all gone. It's too hard to pool money to do something substantial with. So if you get a chunk like that, put it somewhere, don't dig into it, do something comprehensive. I mean, if, if you really do want to just pull a little something off the top, something small that you can appreciate, put the rest, reduce your mortgage or put the rest of it in a fund and for the rest of your life generate you know, that, that interest and, and pull it out and have money um, every month for the rest of your life. Whatever you decide to do, what's important to you, do that rather than just get it whittled away by, you know, gee, well, we, we, bought a, we bought a place off the grid, a little cabin and it fell over and we bought a, a camper van for $100,000 and now it's worth 20. And, you know, we chartered a yacht. Boy, that was a great day, but that money's gone. You know, do something very deliberate and make sure that it falls into your grid. Well, you know, I think we're going to have to do a wrap. Nick, I know we got some emails that we want to respond to, but uh, we've already spent too much time talking about this very interesting and frankly kind of fun topic. Very, very fun, Dave. 
we should only have these problems. And in fact, we should only have these problems on multiple occasions, right? I mean, if that's the worst thing that happens to us, I think we'll be okay. It's a good day. It's a good month. It's a good year and a good lifetime. All right, everybody. Tune in next week. It's Thanksgiving week, and we are going to talk about an attitude for gratitude again. So key to your financial success, so key to your personal success, and so key to having a happy and productive life. Nick, thanks for coming in. As always, we appreciate it. Davey, thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. This is Dave Hagen. And you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.